Head on down to Solus Meds this month for their smoking hot October deals. This premier Colorado dispensary is always hooking it up with incredible deals every single month at any of their four convenient Colorado locations. Check out the Solus Meds in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, and two Solus Meds in Denver, one off Broadway and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNBR bar. This month, there's 25% off all kinds of goodies like the gummies, Solus bars, sticks, extractions, drinkables, all that and more. And if you head into any location today, you can receive a free Solus bar or King Cone when you mention the DNVR20 code. That's any location of Solus Meds. Head in and mention the DNVR20 code to receive 20% off and a free Solus bar or King Cone. And view their online menu ahead of time, order online, and pick up at your own convenience. Then just head on down to Solus Meds dot com s-o-l-a-c-e meds.com and purchase from there mention code dnvr20 to save 20 percent that's your first pitch now let's play ball Welcome to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD Coffee helps you start your day feeling your best. It's rich in CBD and CBG. And there are zero coffee jitters, especially if you want those three or four cups a day like myself. And now with 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. Joined as always, it's Drew Goodman. How are you doing today, buddy? Good, Patrick. I'm doing well, man. I know you had some boots on the ground down there in Arizona, getting to see some of the young boys play in the Arizona Fall League a little bit, as well as the instructional leagues, which is a little more behind the scenes, I think, than most fans typically get to see during this time of year. Yeah, I mean, uh, I caught them twice. Both uh, happened to be at the Cubs complex, and it was on, you know, one of their their backfields. It wasn't even played in the in the stadium, uh, but uh, I enjoy that. I got an opportunity to see. When we talk about young players, guys that were just drafted, so either college kids that were just drafted, maybe some young kids from Latin America that are over in the States really for the initial time, um, or, or guys you know who, who came out of high school and were really recently uh, drafted. Maybe they had a season under their belt. So I saw Zach Bean, who had a you know tremendous year in the Cal League. He was voted the top major league prospect in the Cal League um, uh, across – you know, all organizations. Uh, you drew Roma, who had a fabulous year also at Fresno this year. Um, you know, some of the recent college guys that I mentioned. Uh, so it was, um, you know, it, it was just good to, to you know, see uh, bodies and, and how guys move and, uh, you know, that sort of thing uh, as well. So, um, yeah, it, it was neat. Yeah, I know Benny Montgomery is down there in the Instructional League. Uh, McCabe Brown, who was another one of those players selected here in 2021. You got guys like Case Williams uh, from last year's draft class, who, of course, was traded to the Reds, came back. And then even, you know, as you said, an international player like Adel Amador. And the thing that is both good and bad about the Instructional League is there are no statistics, right? You want to see what these guys are doing, who's – maybe the best of the class or who's 
just in a groove and that you can really hope and wish on. But at the same time, you know, these guys are, are they're just trying to get an extra reps. And especially for players who've been in the organization for a year or two, they didn't have a minor league season at all in 2020. Yeah. Uh, you know, saw the, the kid from Cuba, Fernandez, who I'd seen in the Dominican as a 16 year old. Um, and, you know, he has a chance to be a real impactful bat down the road. He's a teenager still. Uh, and I think he's 18. I don't even know if he's a 19 yet, but uh, originally from Cuba, you know, big, strong kid. And um, saw Amador. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's as I said, uh, like Benny Montgomery, you know, tall, athletic. Uh, you, you and I have talked before about this. Uh, the natural comp has been Hunter Pence because I think he's really raw right now. But, you know, a physique like Hunter Pence and maybe not – the most elegant swing right now, but a lot of power, great work ethic. And he's a puppy, man. He's uh, he, he'll be 19 here uh, coming up. And it, it, with instructional league guys, it is all about exactly that instructing and, and having these guys work in front of a lot of eyeballs and, and, you know, get better and get coached up. And, and it's a process. It's, that's one of the really unique things about baseball in that there is a true minor league. Now there there's minor leagues in basketball and, and in hockey, and they're, they're called different things. But um, for the most part, when you draft a player in baseball, you know that it's going to be a while, you know, a period of time, two, three, four years, you know, five years before you see them at the big league level. And there's nothing wrong with that. In the NFL, we know when, when you, you know, when you select the, you know, the, the star cornerback off the University of Alabama uh, in the first round, you hope he's starting for your team the next year. Uh, hockey's a little bit different, you know, unless you get a guy like a McCarr who literally walks out of, you know, BU and onto the NHL ice in the postseason. Um, and and for the NBA, yeah, if you draft a guy in the first round, particularly, uh, you know, in a lottery pick, you're expecting him to be hopefully part of your rotation that very next year. Baseball is unique in that regard. There truly is a, a long development process for 99% of the guys that, that are fortunate enough to get to the big leagues. Cause a lot of those guys that, you know, that, that I was watching in instructional league, you know, they may not ever get there. And, and that too is part of uh, what occurs in, in major league baseball. Yeah. It's such an interesting aspect that, you know, baseball being the national pastime and it being so pastoral and all the downtime that's there, you have to have a lot of patience in a baseball game. And, and even more so now, right in, in 2021, we know there's just not as much action as there there's been in the past. And that patience extends all the way down through the minors. As you said, it's not an immediate impact. And, you know, it's in the society that we live in today, in the world that we live in today, people need that immediacy. And, and you know, I think that's one of the the many problems uh, that baseball has at, at times with, with keeping fans and younger viewers is you have to have that patience because, as you said, it, it, it trickles all the way down through the minors and it just, it takes time. And, and it seems like people don't have time or they don't want to give that time. But when you, when you invest in, in baseball and you, you invest in these prospects and, and you love the sport as, as much as you and I do, man. It, it definitely definitely pays out. Yeah, it, it does. And it's one of the conundrums, if you will, in, in society in general and sports specifically uh, and, and baseball uniquely in that how do you 
get the younger generations, we keep talking about this, involved uh, on a nightly basis to adore baseball as we do, um, given the, the, the inaction, if you will, given the fact that, oh, you're, you're trying to get me excited about Benny Montgomery, but I may not see him in a Rockies uniform until 2025 or, you know, somewhere along those lines. Um, and, and that is the challenge um, in, in all of these sports, but I, I think particularly um, in baseball. It's why, not to get off topic, Patrick, but it's why uh, I think this CBA, though it has to be settled without a work stoppage because, again, you can't lose fans. This is not 1955 you know, where they'll, they'll come back, that sort of thing. It's just you can't do that. But I think it's a fascinating time for the game of baseball because you can implement um, you know, significant changes to address um, you know, how the game is played from an action standpoint, how the game is received. You know, we've, we've heard, you know, talk, significant talk that, you know, there's going to be a streaming service within, you know, 16 months. So people can get games that, you know, are not taking, you know, normal carrier packages because of the cost. And I think that's important. And um, so I think there's going to be a, a, a number of significant changes that um, we're going to hear about in the coming months. Yeah, there's there's plenty of people on you know social media that are they're doing the best they can with trying to promote the game and and show all those different fun aspects. And I think you're right, the CBA and and the potential for you know this this package that they have for for people to stream all the games. The CBA I think is already you know, uh, or rather MLB has done a good job uh, finally with coming around and, and paying minor leaguers. That was a story this week of you know increasing their pay and and I think. You know, with that, it, if if we're gonna kind of tie that in with with that previous topic, you know, maybe Major League Baseball needs to spotlight minor league baseball a little bit more. Obviously, the the play is is a little rougher, right? It's 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 not as crisp as as Major League Baseball, but you know, show the minor leagues games a, a little bit more, maybe on on MLB Network, or at least highlight the fun that's had in, in some of these smaller markets and some of the superstar players, so that you know, for a lot of fans, you're right. It, it's not going to be until Benny Montgomery appears at Coors Field that a majority of Rockies fans will be able to actually get their eyes on him. I mean, you think of 40,000 plus people at Coors Field, you know, watching a, a game on a Friday night, seeing Benny Montgomery's debut. How many of how many people up to that point have seen him down in Arizona or in an instructional league or, you know, in, in Albuquerque? And, and so, you know, I, I think – there, there's a lot of interesting things, interesting things, excuse me, about, about the CBA. And, um, and I'm glad to see the minor leaguers getting paid and, and, and I'm glad well, that, that he's probably looking to improve. Yeah. And, and the, and addendum to that, it's not only increased pay, but it's the housing factor. Yes. Instead of, you know, eight guys living in a, you know, two bedroom of, of apartment and, um, you know, it's going to be, the minor leaguers are going to be treated far better than they have been. And that, that was necessary. Yeah. And that, you know, I don't know how much, like you said, eight guys sleeping in a, in a two bedroom apartment or whatever it may be, how much that might stunt players growth, so to speak. But you know, who knows again, these guys are getting 
a lot better nutrition, things of that nature. They're already, you know, having some really good facilities. That's one of the things uh, that that ended up coming down with the, the shrink to 120 minor league teams uh, down from 160 is just better facilities. And, and maybe we do start seeing players come up a little bit faster. You know, this year uh, it was it was refreshing to see a guy like Ryan Feltner who had started the year down in A-ball and, you know, was promoted a little bit aggressively and, you know, fans got to see him and, and he became a player that, you know, immediately is now on the radar for Rockies fans. And so I, I think that's cool that, you know, the, the, the Rockies are giving these guys those chances. They always do. But um, this year in particular with, with the, with the promotions uh, that they had and Ryan Valade, who was a guy that didn't need to be on the 40 man fans got to see him a little bit uh, before he was placed on the Arizona fall league roster. Um. Uh, I think that's, you know, so important that um, guys are provided an opportunity. If you have an, if you have a chance to move quickly, I've always kind of um, been a, a vocal opponent of the, of the thought, well, if you bring them up too fast and they fail, you could damage their confidence. Uh, you know, uh, you could do irreparable damage to their psyche. And I'm like, you know, if, if the, especially in the game of baseball, if you are not tough enough to deal with the failure and even if you come up and you have to get sent down, there've been a long list of great players, hall of fame players that got sent out. If, if that's going to quote unquote ruin you, then you probably weren't made of the right stuff to ultimately make it anyhow. So I've never bought into that. And uh, you know, maybe one of the most celebrated slow starts in the history of the game was Willie Mays when he came up and his, you know, Dauber was down and Leo DeRocher uh, you know, famously said to him, hey, don't worry, just hang in there. You're going to be OK. You're our guy. And, and we know what happened in Willie Mays's career after his, uh, you know, he started like, you know, 0 for 29 or 1 for 30. I mean, it was it was a really rough period for any player, particularly one that was just trying to establish uh, themselves. So um, if, if you can move a guy, if he deserves to move quickly, good. And if he has to take a second tour of duty at a given stop, you know, we've seen guys tear it up in a ball and high a, and then they get to, uh, you know, double a, and all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they hit a bump in the road. That's okay. I've heard general managers say this more than one that they, even with, with their top prospects, they'd like to see them fail at some point because you know, it's inevitable. It's a game of baseball. You're going to fail. I don't care how good you are. And how you deal with that and maybe learning that at the minor league level is, um, you know, as part of that process. I think it, it must, it might've even been on uh, the Drew Goodman podcast from a month or so ago with uh, Rolando Fernandez, how he may have been the one who mentioned it on your show about, you know, if, if we haven't put failure before these guys, or if we haven't, you know, challenged them enough to the point where they do fail, then the organization hasn't done their job. So sometimes promoting a guy maybe quicker than, than you would think, but challenging them because failure is just, that's just part of baseball. It's that's part of baseball. Line. It's part of life. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> that's one of the, you know, we can draw, you know, pretty analogies and metaphors between baseball and life and, and wax poetic when we do it. And, and um, you know, I can, you know, get a, a tear in my eye, like, like any other lover of the game when, we go in that direction, but there is some truisms um, with that. You know, uh, life is a journey. It's day by day. Baseball's a journey. It's day by day. You're going to have your good times, your rough times and your in-between times. And, 
And so that that's the nature of the sport. We have not yet seen someone born, Patrick, that has it all figured out and can go hit 550 at the big league level. And I would venture to say we will never see that. I mean, you know, we, we haven't seen a 400 hitter since 1941. And the way pitching is now and the specialties, uh, the specialists, I should say, probably ain't going to see that uh, for who knows how long. Failure is a part of life. And so is pizza and beer. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we've got at our amazing tailgates for our members of DNVR. Thanks to everyone who came out to Sunday's tailgate uh, for the Broncos game. Uh, you know, members uh, for $20, you got all you can eat sexy pizza, all you could drink Breckenridge beer. Some of you even jumped on the party bus. So you don't have to worry about paying for parking or worry about getting behind the wheel. It was nice and easy. Again, of our members uh, that were there on Saturday night at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York in Denver. You were there at the LaCroix after party with Milan Hayduke, Joe Sackick, Adam Foote. All those guys were there. So thank you to all of our members uh, who were there for that. And again, if you want to be a member, you can sign up at the DNVR.com with so much exclusive content. You get a free T-shirt with your annual, annual membership and come on down to the bar and you get an even larger beer, which you can't beat. Solus Meds, I do want to mention they've got some smoking hot deals this entire month of October. They are Colorado's premier dispensary, and they're always hooking it up with incredible deals every single month at any of their four Colorado locations. You can check out the Solus Meds in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, as well as the two Solus Meds in Denver, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from our DNVR bar. They've got 25% off Dixie Gummies, the bars, the Solus Sticks, drinkables, anything that you want. They've got some really good deals. And right now, if you head into any location, uh, you get a free Solus Bar or King Cone when you mention the DNVR20 code. That's any location of Solus Meds right now. Head in and mention code DNVR20 to receive 20% off and get a free Solus Bar or King Cone. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. You can order online ahead of time as well and just pick it up at your convenience. Mention code DNVR20 to save 20% off. And you know what? For our friends out there who have some issues cutting themselves while shaving, I've got the solution. It's Manscaped. You've heard us talk about it for years, and you know it's trusted by over 2 million worldwide. And you should also know by now that using code DNVR gets you 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. So just make sure you spend spooky season using the best tools for the job. That's the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear, Nose, and Hair Trimmer. You get a couple free gifts, like a pair of uh, undies that are going to be the most comfortable you've ever owned. So get the best tools for the job at manscaped.com using code DNVR for free shipping and, more importantly, 20% off. Goody, we've got the postseason going on here. It's The games have been very exciting. You know, uh, when we record this, there's a big blowout in Boston for game three, but even still with a blowout, it's it's been exciting overall, I would say, this postseason, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. There have been some great, you know, great moments, some great finishes, some, you know, a little bit of controversy uh, at the end of uh, of a game with the, the Giants and, and Dodgers, and, and that was an epic series. I think everybody uh, that enjoys baseball would, would have liked to have seen those two play in a seven-game series. Um, you know, Boston – I think, you know, Boston's tearing the cover off the ball right now. They've already hit three grand slams. Kyle Schwarber, who, you know, listen, not my dollars and, and so on. I've said this before with you. I've said it on my podcast. 
I mean, he'd be target number one for me if I'm the Rockies. I don't know if Boston's going to let him get out of town as well as he's played. He played great for for Washington prior to the trade, particularly in June when he hit 6,000 home runs. Um, but, you know, Kyle Schwarber, man, uh, you know, he's gone off. And Kike Hernandez, I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, he has like seven hits a night. It seems that way, right? Uh, but a lot, a lot of interesting stuff has taken place. And you're reminded more than anything, Patrick, when you bring this topic up of postseason baseball, you're reminded that all these teams are good. And the Dodgers have the most talent, even with the injuries. And, and believe me, they, they miss Max Muncy. Just like the the Giants in a close series with the with the uh, Dodgers missed Brandon Bell, particularly the year he had, and you know about the pitching uh, injuries and the situation with Trevor Bauer. So the Dodgers have missed guys. They're still the best roster yet. Warming to my point in a long-winded fashion, the hottest team often wins. And Atlanta, as we go into tonight's ball game. They're two up on the Dodgers. Now, I'm not pushing the panic button. It's a four-game series. They're at Dodger Stadium tonight. I still like the Dodgers. A year ago, they were up 2-0 and 3-1 in the NLCS and ended up losing. We know that. But the hot team, the hot team, just like the Rockies back in 07, the Rockies were probably not the second-best team in all of baseball. But guess what? In the month of October, you didn't want to play the Rockies. And right now... Boston's pretty hot. Atlanta's pretty hot. Talented lineup swinging the bat. Uh, so, yeah, it's been big fun. It used to be that whoever was in as, as the wild card when there was only one. Oh, they were the winner, right? That was going to be the lock, right? Because as you said, they're, they're hot playing down the stretch. And you could say that about the Cardinals, and that didn't work out for them. But, you know, the Nationals were a wild card team in 2019, and they got it done. They, they found that, that extra gear, whatever it may be. So there's, there's a lot of truth to that about, about getting hot at the right time. And Patrick, people will forget about this, especially if the Dodgers uh, end up repeating, which would be the first time more than two decades that a team did. Now, they have work to do, as we were talking about. They're down 2 nothing, as, as you and I chat. Uh, but the Dodgers, for the first time in nine years, they're a wildcard team. They are not the division champs. So uh, maybe your, your aforementioned uh, prognostication will hold true again. Yeah, that would be weird to see, you know, Red Sox and Dodgers in the World Series. You got two powerhouses. Oh, but they're both wild cards. And, you know, that that's one of the reasons I think you have two wild cards. And, and this was going to be something I was uh, was going to get to, you know, when talking about the CBA. There's been you know, some whispers about possibly changing the postseason format. And I think there was very common belief that if you saw the Dodgers get knocked out in that wild card game against a Cardinals team that, you know, had – what, 16 less wins than the Dodgers. You have a, a team with, with 106 wins during the regular season, you know, getting knocked out after nine innings that uh, maybe we need a different type of format. Do you think we're going to see that? Do you think we even need that? Well, the one format I would like to see changed um, in the postseason, I'd like to see an additional wild card. Um, I've, I've often said I don't want to see baseball go the way of of the NBA and the NHL where, you know, give me your tired, your poor, your mediocre franchise. Um, but I do think that an additional wild card will not take away from the importance of the regular season. It will keep more fan bases involved. 
I mean, look how excited they were in the Midwest with that great run the Cardinals have. We've all experienced, they, excuse me, experienced it here with, De- with the Rockies uh, in Denver. So if you can add another, really a couple of cities, because they were, they were excited in Toronto, even though they ended up falling a game short. Uh, they were excited in the Pacific Northwest with Seattle. You keep more teams um, involved. Um, so I, I would like to see that. And as exciting as a, as a winner, winner go home game is, man, it, it just is hard after the length of the season to see if the Dodgers were to lose after winning 106 games, uh, you know, maybe make that first round two out of three. There's always, it, it, it's an imperfect situation because then you're going to have, oh, well, we won the division, but we've been sitting around practicing for a week and haven't played a game. And then we get beat. And the reason we get beat, you know, that this will be the narrative is that they sat around for a week while the other team that was involved in a wild card series, they continued to play. And baseball is all about continuing to play. There's, there's no perfect solution. Um, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to, uh, you know, to two out of three. I mean, I, I guess then you got the, you know, how do you handle it with home and road and, and that sort of thing. But um, baseball needs to make tweaks. You need to continue to evolve. I've said this before, I believe, on on your show, Patrick, and I probably said it on my own show, and that is um, it, it's, uh, it's stealing that line Jeff Goldblum had uh, in The Big Chill. I'm dating myself, but I love that film back in 1985. And it was, we're evolving. You know, and you have to continue to evolve. I don't care what the sport is. I don't care what your avocation is or occupation. You better evolve or you get left behind. And so those who go, oh, well, this, you know, the, the numbers and the stats and whatever, we'll figure all that shit out. OK, the sport needs to evolve and you need to take a good, long look at everything involved in the sport and say, hey, can we tweak this? Can we change this? to make the game better, more appealing as we embark on 2022 uh, and beyond. Rockies know very well about sitting out for a week and, and what it's like getting cold. And, and baseball knows about making those kind of more radical changes. It would have been completely foreign to think five years ago that you would say, well, in extra innings, we're going to put a runner on second base. And I'd keep that what? in. I know. I, I love it. I think it's that. fine. I think it's a great rule. I'd keep that. I'd keep that until the postseason. But yeah, in the regular, that's yes. In the regular season, I'd absolutely keep that. We don't yeah. need. We don't. We don't need the games off. to get over quicker in the postseason. Also, too, that should that should be a penalty, right? If you're waiting to play the winner of whether it's a one game or you know if it's game seven of the of the NLCS and you know, the, the Dodgers or Atlanta, whoever it is, is waiting around for the winner and both those teams can't find a way to win and, and they've got to tax everybody in the bullpens. Well, that's, that should be a penalty. Right. And so don't, don't shorten that game up. So you're right. I'm fine with that. Removing that for the postseason. Same thing with this seven inning double headers. It's very weird. I, I don't feel as attached to it, but I understand its purpose, you know, and over the course of 162 game season and, and keeping guys fresh, I'm 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 okay with that. And so I wonder if maybe the happy medium to best of three series, right? And and you know how do you how do you do the travel and how do you have the teams that have that 
you know, first round buy in the wild card round or whatever is something that uh, the KBO has doing. And I, I don't know that has a proper name, but they kind of call it like a step ladder. And I don't think all of the playoffs needs to change that way. But what you could do is um, have almost a pseudo best two out of three series for the wild card round. And what would happen would be take Cardinals and Dodgers. The Cardinals would have to win two games, whereas the Dodgers would only need to win one, almost like it's a double elimination. And you say, all right, Cardinals, you, you know, you're every game is now, you know, this do or die type situation. And so you're still going to have all the drama there, but you've, you've got to take out the Dodgers twice in, in LA, right? Because they had the better record. And, you know, you do get an extra game out of that situation. You wouldn't get three, but you would get, you know, that one extra game and you, it would seem like it could possibly be a little bit more balanced with a wild card team that has, let's say only 87 wins and a team like the Dodgers historically that, that has something crazy like 106 wins and you go, all right, that, that could be a way to, to squeeze a little more juice out of the situation perhaps. I mean, you could add all kinds of things. If there, it for that to be implemented, there has to be, you know, a, a five game or greater separation in the win column between sure. between wild card one and wild card two. Um, but um, yeah. and then that that makes all the and then that scenario becomes super interesting when let's say you've you know you've got your two wild card teams and they've got it wrapped up by the middle of September. Well, now they're playing, or at least the second wildcard team is playing for, hey, we got to keep up with the first wildcard team or else we're going to have to win two games in October versus the one. So it, it, it still could be interesting. It's, it sounds so foreign to say right now, especially since it isn't a rule. But, you know, you said it yourself, right? Baseball has to evolve and try to figure out some ways to, to stay a, a little bit more relevant and, uh, and squeeze a little more juice from this, this situation. But the postseason is never going to be boring. Uh, you're never going to want less games. You're always going to want more. And uh, this postseason definitely has has delivered in, in a major way. It, it has. And uh, I think one of the more intriguing things about the postseason, you, you have a lot of good teams, naturally. You start with that. Uh, but for me, it's the use of pitchers. And, and it used to be beyond the starters. But now we see openers in the in the postseason. I mean, I I know Dave Roberts is getting criticized for for using Julio Urias the other day. I don't. To me, that's Monday morning quarterbacking stuff. I mean, has Julio Urias ever been a bad selection, whether he's starting or coming out of the pen? Given his his history as a young player, his postseason history is impeccable. So the one time it doesn't work, you're going to raise your hand. I, I I can't stand that from a journalism standpoint. But um, I do find it fascinating as opposed to, hey, we normally go to this guy in the sixth inning. Well, that guy may be pushed, you know, out of the pecking order. And we're going with the starter who's bullpen day. Like Max Scherzer, man, that door opened and Max Scherzer came out. That's great theater. Just like we, we will talk for, you know, generations in terms of baseball fans about when Madison Bumgarner you know, on a day's rest, came out and did what he did for the Giants several years ago. So um, I, I find that part of postseason baseball, you know, fascinating. Yeah, even even after that, those two runs that Urias gave up uh, a couple days ago, he is, he still has a two point nine six ERA in the postseason, seven and two record, which I think does mean something. 
in the postseason, uh, 51 strikeouts, 10 walks. And again, all for a kid who's, you know, 24 years old, or he just turned right. 25 recently. I, I love the Dodger strategy against the Giants of, hey, guess what? We're starting Corey Knable, and then we're going with Bruce Dark Grotterall, and then we're going to bring in our quote-unquote starter. Um, you know, you got two right-handers, and then you follow it up with, with Urias, a left-hander. He ended up giving him four innings. But um, I, I think, you know, Tampa's been on the cutting edge of that. In terms of okay, let's get through the the, the lineup. The they do this in the regular season, as, as we both know. Um, let's get through the that lineup, especially the the, the high paid guys, if you will, the the big boys. Let's get through it with some nasty guys, and then we'll deal with the middle innings. And hopefully, we have an advantage to turn it over to a couple of guys in the eighth and ninth inning. And um, I think more teams are taking that page out of what was initially Tampa's playbook. We see it um, in the uh, postseason. And I think from a Rockies perspective, they don't have a lot of pitching depth, starting depth. Um, I could see them doing that uh, at, at some point in time, uh, hopefully in, in the near future, where periodically you do that. Uh, so that, that, those are all things that are, that are different about the game of baseball than just a handful of years ago. And, and I think they're good things. Change change does not have to be bad. Change can be positive. We could see in the CBA a change on shifting. Like that's something we could see being banned or maybe being limited to so many times in an inning, something like that. Do you think we might get to a point where you do see uh, a crackdown on the use of an opener. I don't even know exactly what that would look like. I, I'm sure Major League Baseball has some of those ideas, but the shift, okay, we can see that you know being, getting banned because there's definitely been a lot of conversation about it. But how you use your pitchers, will, will we see a day in which something like that might get you know tamped down in a sense? I, I would I would tend to doubt that. I, I don't know how you could legislate. Okay, you know, if you start this guy, he's got to be out there for three innings, come hell or high water. I mean, I don't, I don't think you'd see that. I do think there's going to be naturally a lot of conversation about, you know, you you can't walk three guys to one side of the field in the infield, or if you do, they all have to be on the dirt. You can't have a guy playing, you know, fifty feet out and in in right center field. And, you know, initially my thought on that is, heck, a manager should be able to play his, his you know, put his pawns anywhere he wants on the field. Um, but then I'm, then I'm being disingenuous if I'm telling you that everything should be on the table and you should not be resistant to change. Um, if I said, well, you don't look at that. No, maybe, maybe you do look at it. I've been, I've been, I don't want to say fooled, but there've been so many times because we've been conditioned through the years. And I'm sure Patrick, you watching a game, whether it's in person or at home, you see a guy hit a bullet up the middle and you're like, Hey, base hit. And then you realize, no, the shortstop standing right there. It's a, you know, it's an easy play because we were taught as kids, man, stay in the middle of the field, hit the ball back through the originator. Well, uh, I, I know as long as I played in college, when if I hit the ball hard back through the middle, it was going to be a hit. There weren't shifts, you know, back in the day. And, uh, you know, there were shades, but there weren't shifts, right? Uh, so, you know, may, maybe maybe you do have something like that. And it doesn't take away from the, the athleticism 
of the game in that we have the greatest athletes. Baseball's more athletic than it's ever been, right? So if Fernando Tatis is the only guy who can get to that ball as opposed to, well, the second baseman's 25 feet from him, um, we're going to see probably even more spectacular plays or attempts at uh, the spectacular than, than we're even seeing now. My, my uncle would frequently comment when we would go to a game and like one of those hard ground balls, almost a line drive straight back through the box and just say any ballpark, right? doesn't matter the ballpark's dimensions. That's, that's a hit. And in 2021, not always. That's not always the case. But what's always the case is us here at DNVR loving companies that try to save the world. And we've got one here for you. It's Ball Aerospace and Technology because they've been practicing diversity and inclusion for years while other major companies just talk about it as workplace idealism. That's because their culture of belonging has been noticed by the human rights campaign. Noticed. That's why they gave them 100% on the Corporate Equality Index score because they don't care about your background, whatever it may be, whether it's New Jersey or New York, it doesn't prevent you from being successful here at Ball. Certainly shouldn't uh, prevent you from being successful here in Colorado, as Drew and I are, are proving here right now. Um, you know, they're looking for people that have technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles, which they've been doing for a long time. It's why they're an iconic brand. And they're doing big things at Ball. And they want you to be a part of something bigger than yourself as well. So text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. Or you can go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Here's a golden opportunity for you on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Week 7, every football fan should be jumping on this offer. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. And new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And once you win a couple bucks there on DraftKings, you'll have a big smile on your face and there's good odds that's going to be a very bright smile that you got over at the Green Mountain Dental Group. And they deserve to take that credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially our DNVR listeners who've switched over to them over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. Green Mountain Dental Group, they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray or exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. All right, Drew, I'm going to put you on the spot. We're going to play a fun little game here called Start, Bench, Cut. Played other games with three choices. Um, haven't played this one. No, I'm sure if you've, uh, you'll, you'll figure out the gist of it. Uh, this is the PC baseball version of uh, okay, uh, of that good. game that you might be thinking of start bench cut. I'm going to give you three pitchers that are going on Tuesday night. 
you tell me who you're going to start, who you're going to bench, who you're going to cut. And they're all going to be good, so don't feel too bad about having to cut one of them. Zach Greinke, Charlie Morton, Walker Bueller. Okay, well, so it's basically you one, phase. two, three. That's it. I'm, I'm going to go, given the circumstances and given the locale, I'm starting Walker Bueller, home stadium. He's had a great year. Like any pitcher, you know, he's had a hiccup or two. Uh, I, I know he had that in the month of September. I'm starting Walker Bueller, even though I love Charlie Morton. I love his his postseason credentials. Um, but I'm going to bench Charlie Morton. And Zach Granke's a Hall of Famer for me. But clearly of this trio, currently, he would be the third option. So so therefore, unfortunately, I, I cut Zach Granke. Oof, that's hard. I, I, I agree with you about Granke. Um, 4.18. ERA in the postseason, four and six record, still a Hall of Famer, looking for his first World Series ring. That would be one of the few storylines worth rooting for in this postseason for the Astros to win. And I know a lot of fans uh, definitely don't want to see them uh, pull away. Dusty Baker, of course, would be another one. But yeah, I would actually real quick because yeah. I because we got this game going. I'm I don't root against the Astros. I'm going to probably jump on that subject this week on my um, on my podcast. I don't root against the Astros because I think, uh, you know, has has finagling of the rules probably, you know, been uh, have other teams been involved? Yeah, potentially. Astros got cut. They they paid their price. Guess what? We as we've learned, as we knew, who people who who study baseball, Jose Altuve was a great player before. He's still a great player. Bregman, same thing. Correa, same thing. Dusty Baker, a gem, Hall of Fame manager. They're really good. So I don't, I don't, I don't root against them. I mean, maybe I guess if I lived in LA, I would because you feel like you got robbed. But um, I, I, I think that anybody who, who thinks that every team is, you know, oh no, they everybody just abided by the same rules except Houston. I don't know about that. Anyhow, go ahead. No, that, that it's a great point, and and you know I I've, I've I lean towards you on on that. I, I I certainly don't root against anybody, but I understand how most fans look at the Astros, still see that team that cheated. Granted, they only got about four guys that are still around from from that time period. They paid their price, but man, some some people just uh, they they really want to put the hammer, uh, you know. They want to put the screws to to teams like that, and and never see them successful. Oh, it's similar to Boston, right? You go, ah, oh, they're the evil empire, you know. Similar to the Yankees, similar to the Dodgers, and so it's it's one of those storylines. You go, ah, I, I I would care not to see the Astros win, but it would be cool for for Dusty Baker to finally win a World Series, for Granky to get one, um, and Charlie Morton, a, a guy who already has one, he would actually be my start, you know, uh, ERA. About a little bit of uh, you know run higher than Walker Bueller, three four four ERA, seven and three postseason record um, versus Walker Bueller has a two point five ERA in the postseason. Uh, Charlie Morton's just he's just a battler, and so I, I would I would prefer the veteran Morton over Walker Bueller, but we're we're definitely not far off. You can't go wrong saying you'd cut Zach Greinke. That, that's one of the beauties. It's a gift and the curse of this game. You you have to cut someone that. You go, wow, this if this is the guy that I'm getting rid of, that's that's a pretty darn good option. Yeah. Uh Bud Black uh was on uh, MLB Network Radio, you know, briefly uh mentioned something about it, off-season plans, couple of bats 
He said, quote, a couple of bats figure into our plans. Pitching is always a priority for all teams. We're happy with our starters. We probably need a little more depth, and bullpens can be tweaked to improve them, which I think we need to do. And this, this is what the Rockies have been talking about so far since the end of the season, even, even in September of what they needed to do about getting those power bats. And uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they do. We, we got a way to go until the postseason ends before uh, the Rockies make any, any transactions on that front. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't know. So we, that was our one, that was the game. We just, we had only one, we did the one thing. I didn't know if there were more choices coming up. We did the one. Yeah, we, oh, we, we got it. We got our oh, start bench. I look cut. forward to the next version of that, of that game. Um, I liked what I, I read. What buddy? I didn't get to hear the interview on MLB. Uh, doc, uh, was it was it on MLB uh, Radio? Yeah, on SiriusXM. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just a brief little piece at the end. You know, gave a really good rundown of of mm-hmm. what he expected to see out of the Dodgers. And yeah, the I, I saw the. Great. I think the transcript, or at least his his quote on that, that you know they want to get a couple of bats. I think he said. Uh, you know, as much uh, on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. And that, that's clear. And and that was clear for me, regardless of whatever happened with Trevor Story. Their outfield production has to get uh, dramatically better. And now it comes down to, you know, can you win uh, a couple of free agent battles with other teams for some of the coveted names that on paper would provide you a boost offensively and we shall see but the rec first has to be the recognition and the willingness and we're hearing you know from buddy that clearly there's recognition we've heard that from billy schmidt and and there seems to be they're not going to come out and say that if they're not going to have the backing of of ownership uh to be able to attempt to do that now you hope, as I said, now you hope you win those recruiting battles, as I right. call. Yeah, I, I would tend to think they're going to want a, um, a more balanced hitter, right, in the outfield who who you know does does bring some competency, if you will, on, on the defensive side of the spectrum besides just the power. Could you see them maybe sacrificing some of that, you know, those defensive abilities to get a guy that's you know more more offense than defense, or or do they they really do want probably? more of a balance or, or what would your preference be? I, I would, I would, um, I would lean heavily toward offense. That's where the sport is. That's how you win games. I think it is really convenient to point out the ball in the gap. That's, you know, eludes the maybe sluggish outfielder by, you know, a step or maybe there's the occasional misread and you go, oh man, so-and-so would have caught that. Okay, great. You're still talking about a couple of chances, typically a game for an outfielder. I, I, I've said this so many times uh, over the years, and I, and I say this not to uh, you know, take a backhanded shot at, at Jason Hayward, but when he signed that $186 million deal, with the Cubs. I never got it. And Theo Epstein's going to go deservedly. So to the hall of fame, uh, as a, you know, as a front office executive. Um, but everybody said, Oh, he's the greatest right fielder in the game. Uh, he's a difference maker out there in right field. And his bat was solid. I mean, he looks like he should hit 400 home runs, but he never, you know, that's not who he's been. I mean, you know, he's a, was a 20, 25 home run guy and et cetera. 
and he would get 1.7 chances a night in right field. I mean, what is he doing? Is he going over the wall and robbing a three-run home run half a dozen times a week? No. I never understood that philosophy. So with the Rockies, yeah, in a perfect world, you'd love to have three center field type athletes covering Coors Field. But guess what? I don't care about that as much as I care about production offensively. And in the seventh inning, if the Rockies are up six to four, then you can trot out the center field defensive guy to go play defense for the final three to six outs, as we've seen Buddy do in the past and many managers do when they had more of a, you know, uh, you know, offensive player and maybe a defensive liability. But when people when you, listen, when Kyle Schwarber, when free agency hits, Patrick, you're going to hear some of the, um, you know, analytics guys that, that are slaves to numbers talk about Kyle Schwarber. Oh, he's a horrible left fielder. I could care less because guess what? I'm going old school on this. He's going to drive in more than he's going to let in. And I'm good with that. Well, you you were not wrong with CJ Crone because at, at the beginning of the season, you know, a lot of people liked him. I, I can remember quite vividly you loving CJ Crone at Coors Field, and he he delivered. He he was that. So that that offensive upside and his defense was really solid, right? He was he was probably average defensive. Yeah, after the month of April, he was good. And, and we don't know. Um, you know, how much did the still the, the rehabilitation of his knee surgery from the year ago play into that? But he was he was solid at first base. He really was. And he was asked to be, you know, the, Trevor had a poor year in, in my mind throwing the baseball. We all we all know that. And he had to pick a lot of balls out of the dirt. And I thought he did a, a you know, very good job uh, of that. So, again, when it comes to outfield candidates I'm all about what they can do offensively because the Rockies were 21st in home runs in baseball and they need to be dramatically better next year they need to pick up 40 home runs and 60 runs so um again <laughs> I think I was pretty emphatic on how I feel I think so I, yeah. I, you've got me excited now I, I'm really looking to see uh, this this lineup get get juiced up a little bit. That'll be fun. All right, final kind of just general topic. Looking around the National League, uh, we know Padres are still looking for a manager. Mets looking for a manager, president of baseball operations. What did you think of that uh, Mike Schilt uh, removal as Cardinals manager? That that was a bit surprising. Yeah, it, it was more than uh, you're being kind. It was more than a bit <laughs> surprising. It was really surprising. First thing I did is I got on the uh, you know the horn. I called you know. People I know who in the Chicago, you know, in the excuse me, in the Cardinal organization, and um, you know, evidently this had been building. There had been some differences between Mike Schilt and, and John Moselock on, on you know roster composition and and so on. And um, I, I believe there was also you know some other things that you know you're not privy to going on, and so they they part ways and especially the way the Cardinals finished the season and the success that Mike Schilt has had, who was not a big name guy, kind of like Brian Snitker. He was an organizational guy and, and now he's adored and rightfully so in Atlanta talking about Snitker. And I'm sure the same in St. Louis, I mean, three years, three postseasons. So 
so yeah, that that was a a shocker. Um, but I, I guess you know, from the cardinal standpoint, they always believe you know our organization and how we do things will prevail, and we'll put another guy in there. I mean, it was a little bit maybe surprising when they originally hired Mike Matheny, you know, basically right off the diamond, and that worked out for a period of time well. Uh, but yes, this this was a surprise, and now we'll see, you know, as Mike Schilt you know, land in San Diego where I heard he's going to be interviewed um, or, or what, because the trend has not been to hire the middle-aged guy. It's been to hire the young, you know, the younger guy that may not be even really well known, but uh, yeah, uh, that one, that one caught it, caught everybody, I think uh, off guard. To your point in, uh, in 2019, I went around the, the press box just to, to get everyone's picks on, you know, who they thought the end of the season award winners were. And I don't think there might have been one person that said Mike Schilt, but most people said, "Who's the new Cardinals guy?" They they didn't even know his name. They just knew, right. "Hey, all right, they hired from within their organization. That's how they do things." And you know, that's guy's gonna be good. And, and he was the manager of the year in 2019. So yeah, they might do the same thing. Uh, Oliver Marmol, who was uh, a, a bench coach, I think, is one of the names uh, being bandied about. And and Stubby Clap. I mean, that's a that's about as good as a baseball name as you can get. Their first base coach, Stubby Clap. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a, a disease you don't want to get. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, just good baseball name. He, do Do you have your a favorite? I know High Pockets Kelly gets a lot of mileage uh, on the broadcast. Do you have just a good favorite old timey name? Well, yes, High Pockets Kelly does get a lot of play because it originated when DJ LeMahieu was, you know, one of the taller second basemen ever, <laughs> and, Doug, and, and my boy Doug. Marino looked up and said, oh, man, there's this guy, High Pockets Kelly, who was 6'3 or something, uh, you know, back in the day when when everyone seemingly had a nickname. Uh, you know, that that's that's a really good one off off the top of my head. There there have been, you know, several others that we've tossed out there on various broadcasts. Um, I'm not doing a good job of remembering all of them uh, right now. I guess there's there's never one more descriptive than you know, Mordecai three finger Brown, right? It's a good one. That's a classic. Yeah. I, I do like uh, a, a gentleman. And I think he, he pitched with the, with the Yankees for a little while uh, named urban shocker. And that's his name. That, that's not a nickname. It's just urban shocker. That's, yeah. that's a, that's very old timey. I do enjoy I, that. I one. think, I think of like, I, I believe it's his given name. I'd have to look this up. But in the last, you know, 30, 40 years, I, I got a great one. Razor Shines. Yeah. Remember Razor Shines with Montreal? It, I remember more as a coach, though, I think. Yeah. I yeah, he stayed in baseball. Yeah. yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's baseball. That, that That's what we love. Um, Goody this week. Uh, I, I know you're kind of kicking around a couple guests. The episode last week was fantastic with Kyle Keefe uh, of Altitude TV talking about the avalanche and you know, the abs look good in, in, in the opener. They're they're battling with some roster issues with players getting suspended and, and whatnot. But uh start of the hockey season's here and NBA's coming too. It's it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time and it, and it's fun that um, you know, the avalanche, you know, are are many people's pick to to win it all. Now you gotta go play two games and you gotta go get through the gauntlet that is always the NHL uh, postseason. But I love their talent. Uh, I was I was at the game on Saturday. Uh, yeah, it's disappointing that McKinnon couldn't play, though. McKinnon has 
tested negative a couple of days in a row. So you're going to see him on the road trip, maybe even tonight against the Caps. Uh, after tonight, you know, you're going to get Landis Gog back. So they'll get guys back. You don't, you don't worry about it a couple of games in. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about that late flurry uh, on Saturday. Uh, when they were down four to one, you thought the game was over and then you thought they tied it up on what I think a goal should have been allowed. I don't think that was a kicking motion, but you know, you move on. Um, and uh, the Nuggets, uh, I'm excited uh, again about their potential. I mean, that's, it's really good stuff. As to your original thought about this week, Chris Forbes is going to join me uh, and, and people go, oh, who's Chris Forbes? Chris, um, is the acting farm director for the Rockies. And I think he has a, a great chance of having that interim tag uh, removed. But we're going to talk about something you and I were visiting with a little bit earlier on, some of the young prospects and kind of familiarize Rockies fans with some of the names they know and maybe some names they don't know that they can be you know, on the lookout for. And I will, I will just tease it by saying in the lower minor leagues, there are a lot of really talented guys and I know the Rockies farm system the last couple of years is um, you know has kind of been panned and and looked upon as a bottom you know half dozen farm system and maybe at the upper levels uh, you know a lot of those guys had graduated to the big leagues kind of the McMahons and the and the Hilliards and the um, Hampsons but you know guys in a ball guys coming over from the Dominican um there's a lot of guys that, um, you know, keep your fingers across, uh, you know, will emerge in the next few years and, and are exciting looking prospects. Yeah, so we'll talk sure. to Chris Forbes. Chris, I'm looking forward to that one. That's, that's going to be a good one. He's uh, he's got his work cut out for him because you're right. They, they are loaded down there in, in the lower levels. They've been doing a really good job of drafting and developing. And, and that next wave is, is going to hit like a, a tsunami in a Coors field. And it's going to be, it's going to be incredibly exciting. Uh, just like every podcast is with our buddy Drew Goodman. Make sure you download and subscribe the Drew Goodman podcast. Uh, so for Drew Goodman, I'm Patrick Lyons. And for DNVR Sports, thank you for listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast. folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans, especially our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Green Mountain Dental Group only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, but a million miles better than the rest.